You've tuned in to the Beyond Hope podcast, your access to success strategies and more to help you survive and thrive through your loved one's addiction challenges while you move onward and upward with your life. Now, here's your host, Shar Jones. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the show. This is Shar Jones, and I'm the host of Beyond Hope. Um, And I'm also the mother of an addict. So I understand, I understand what it means to love someone who struggles with addiction. It has been a very long journey for me, but I have gotten to a place of hope, uh, beyond hope, which is kind of the ironic twist to the name that I think really hope is where the healing begins. And on the other side of hope is life and joy and love and all these things that are no longer contingent upon the recovery of our addicts. So what I'm hoping to do with this podcast is bring to you so many people that I respect and admire, experts within the industry of addiction and recovery, who who have so much valuable information to share um, with me, with you, with all of us. And in addition, we'll be bringing you some stories of hope. And hopefully some laughs, maybe some tears along the way, but it's going to be all good. So thank you so much for joining me today. And I look forward to this journey with you. After 20 some years, and I'm still in all this pain. And believe me, this is one sentence I never want anyone to ever hear, which was told to me several times. I just don't really know how to help you. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me. In a couple minutes here, I'm going to be sharing with you an interview that I did recently with um, transformational coach, speaker, and educator, Laura Worley. And Laura actually travels all over the world, helping people heal from trauma. Um, And I'm just so excited to have her on the show. Um, She is also the creator and the host of the Worldwide Transformational Summit coming up this summer. So please check out below. I'll include the link to her website and to the conference. You can check out more information about Laura. Um, Before I dive into that interview with her, I just wanted to just touch base briefly, let you know that I'm trying to be a little bit more consistent with my episodes. You know, it's just been this interesting journey that it's kind of like I take two steps forward and 10 steps back, you know, as with anything that we do, we experience things real time and I'm just learning and growing as I go and I'm trying as hard as I can to be as open and honest with you um, about what's happening. So my daughter has been in a long-term rehabilitation program out of state for almost six months now. She has struggled with her addictions for really heavily and active in her addiction the last four to five years. Her drugs of choice were really meth and heroin, but she is really thriving in her recovery program And the interesting part is just watching how this has played out for me here at home and just that separation. We, we can exchange letters once a month, 
The strange part is, is that because I'm here at home and, you know, I'm surrounded by her belongings and I'm still kind of in that same familiar space where I get reminded a lot about what it was like, what this journey has been like and the, you know, the, the times when she would relapse and just be so absent, you know, the sporadic kind of communication and the holidays, the missed holidays and things like that. Um, she and I are, have always been so close and, you know, obviously I just love her so much and I just miss her with all of my heart and, but I'm always sending her such love and, and I try to send her such strength and encouragement from afar, you know, but there's times where I'm reminded of the pain, you know, throughout her active addiction. And that really hits me suddenly, you know, and it's this kind of, they go away to treatment and usually like right before they go away to to treatment, there's this chaos that's happening in their addiction. And then to go from that chaos to just this silence, it just tugs at my heart. It just reminds me of those times where I just didn't know where she was and I didn't know if she was going to be okay. And so I'm having a lot of moments here lately where just that pain, it's almost like I am getting re-traumatized. I'm just trying to learn how to manage that and how to give myself the time and the space and the healing that I need. And found this quote here recently that I thought was so fitting. And I'm going to read it to you now. It's called She Recovers. I wish that I could tell you who wrote this. I tried to do some research online and I don't know who wrote it. Um, so whoever you are, um, or if you know who wrote it, I would love to hear from you. Please send me an email at char at beyondhoperadio.com. It's She Recovers. It's five steps. Step number one, when she is encouraged to choose her own recovery path. Number two, when she creates a vision for how she wants her life to be. Number three, when she takes small and steady steps towards her vision. Number four, when she makes peace with her past. And number five, when she finally understands that self-care is the secret to her recovery. How freaking awesome is that? And how familiar are those steps, not just for our addicted loved ones, but for us, the family member? I mean, I've really just learned so, so strongly over the last, you know, six to 12 months, how parallel my journey is to my daughter, just the pain and the isolation and the shame and the hurt and the guilt and learning to embrace our own recovery, learning to choose life and learning to heal ourselves and making that the focus of our you know, thoughts throughout the day. And when I find myself kind of sinking into that heartache and remembering all that pain and I just kind of getting stuck and finding that I'm starting to isolate and feeling kind of that depression coming on, you know, there's some things that I do to take care of myself to just kind of honor my journey and how far that I've come 
and also honoring my daughter's journey, separate to separate people, but also learning to take care of myself in those moments. And so I just continue to be as honest as I can and as compassionate as I can with myself on this journey. And I just am so grateful to you um, for being there for me. And, you know, there are times where I'm just like, what are you doing? You know, I'll stop and I'll just be like, is this really the right thing to do? And I just want you to know that the reason why I continue to do this is because I want to be there for my moms out there. Uh, my moms and my family members who are struggling and feeling alone and finding themselves, you know, isolating and feeling stuck in that depression and that confusion and where your focus and your wa- every waking moment is focused on saving your child. I get that. And what I hope to do is to encourage you to shift your focus away from saving your child and shift that focus on to saving yourself and choosing life, and choosing positivity. And it's just incredible what starts to happen. I mean, it's just our perspective on everything starts to change. And we see the world very differently. And I think when that happens, um, we are so much more present for our loved ones. And we have such a better understanding of what they're going through. And we, when we start to change ourselves um, and start to heal ourselves from within, uh, we are able to be happy again and to let that light in and to celebrate life. And when that happens, it just takes so much pressure off of our loved ones. And then they are able to choose their own recovery and they are able to do it for themselves. And that's when the magic really starts to happen. So with all that, I will stop rambling. I'm going to go ahead and share with you the interview that I did with Laura, uh, thinking about how lately I've just been kind of re-traumatizing myself with these memories. I'm learning to be really aware of it and learning to take care of myself in those moments. And I just look, look forward to sharing more about that in future episodes. And here's Laura. I will give you a side note that Um, She did walk me through some tapping exercises, and honestly, I'm not quite sure how that's going to translate via the podcast, Um, but I will share with you the link to the full video that we did, and I will include all the links below. Thank you for joining me, and I look forward to talking to you soon. Bye for now. My name is Laura Hurley, and I have been helping people since 2011, seriously, with a full-time practice. And what I ended up doing is just focusing my business on trauma and abuse and addiction. And the reason for that, like probably most people that are really passionate about doing something, it's because something they've been through. And what I had experienced was about 20 years of going through like different ways of talk therapy and not getting a ton of help with all the trauma and the abuse I had. And I have, you know, my mom died of alcoholism. I have uncles that were, you know, on meth and heroin and all of that kind of thing. And, and um, there just didn't seem like it'd be a ton of help for any of that area. What happened was, is when I had finally spent way too much money and after 20 some years, and I'm still in all this pain. And believe me, this is one sentence I never want anyone to ever hear which was told to me several times. 
I just don't really know how to help you. And that's tough because you're already in so much pain when you have trauma of any kind. And if you hear the words, uh, sorry, I can't help you. I don't know how to help you. So that has been my like motivating factor of getting out information to people, to helping them and giving them some answers that can truly help themselves. And so that's what my passion has been for the last several years. Little teas can be anywhere from, you know, you got in an argument with your family member. And it wasn't anything huge. It was just kind of, you know, you disagreed at something, but you you took out of it some hurt feelings and that kind of thing. A complex trauma can be something like, let's say that a child is in a family and he he has not only one trauma, but he has to go through three or four. So one could be he's being physically abused. He's being emotionally abused. He's being sexually abused. He is also watching mom or dad be on drugs or alcohol. So there's four traumas right there. Which can lead, and we call that complex trauma. And so there's something called the ACE test um, where people can actually test and answer these questions and see where they fit on the scale. But what they showed, which I feel like is so interesting, is the more traumas a person had in their childhood, the more likely they were at some later stage to become addicted to something, to be on antidepressants. Suicide was so high. To kind of explain that a little bit is what happens is when we're a child, we're going through whatever we're going through. Our mom, if, if it's too much for that little child to handle, the unconscious mind will basically kind of shut it off, kind of put it somewhere, compartmentalize it. And so the little child can function, the child can live, right? And do what it needs to do. And it's keeping that little child safe. Well, the child grows up and the older he gets, the harder it is for the unconscious mind to keep that, that memory suppressed or what happens suppressed. So what ends up happening is usually you can start to remember things. And it's very, very common for people who have had a lot of trauma or abuse to find something to comfort themselves. And it's usually not that good of a thing. We can have addiction to drugs, to alcohol, to sex, to gambling, to money, to spending, to relationships, just finding our way or to food too, and just anything to comfort ourselves. But the problem is, is that if you don't address what's happened to you, you're always going to be in some kind of cycle and the body starts to break down. A lot of people have chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia that's going crazy right now. A lot of that is just stuffed emotions for too long. And uh, depression, a lot of people might not know this. uh, One of the biggest causes for depression is suppressed anger. When you take a lot of your energy to suppress something, it is going to actually play itself out in the body. Yeah. I mean, I think um, it's just so relevant to bring these topics to the forefront and I look forward to talking a little bit more about how to start to resolve some of that, not just for the addicts, um, but for the family members. And speaking from my own case and thinking about my own daughter, you know, I just got stuck in this holding pattern and replaying these memories over and over and over again. It's these painful memories and trying to, it's like you're trying to, your brain is just stuck, um, just replaying those memories of when they're younger and the addict that's before you is, um, they don't look 
like your child. They don't sound like your child. And it's just this painful place, I think, for us to be stuck in as, as a parent. And so I think that that can be traumatic and it really keeps you stuck in that pain and that isolation and that fear. And I just would love for you to talk a little bit about that. Well, I, I can speak from a parent's point of view that that is one of the most painful places to be is to see your child like addicted to anything and, and the pain that that causes because it's your child. You love them more than anything in the world and there's nothing you can do. Mm-hmm. What I would like to share with mothers is, is that, you know, you have done your very best to raise that child, right? You gave it everything you had and that child still has their own choice to choose. And there are so many reasons kids get into addiction or alcohol something could have happened to the child that the parent has no way of knowing. And with the statistics today with children, it's they're sharing that women have been some kind of sexual, something has happened to them. One out of every three women, one out of every five boys by the time they're 18. So you've got that component. You have something that maybe you, there was a divorce in the family. It's not anything to blame yourself. It's just things that happen and how that child perceives it, takes it on and handles it. And it's, I I really hope that I can say that there's so much more that has nothing to do with the parents. And there is a component I'm going to share that to be, to be factual. There is a component that there is sometimes things that happen in the family and the person becomes addicted. So let's just say that if they're in a family and there has been physical abuse, sexual abuse, emotional abuse, that's a, that's a common factor for kids to get addicted. So I think the important thing is, is not to judge each other. If you have a child and it's addicted, the worst thing that people can do judge another person because you have no idea what happened with that child. And, you know, I have seen two the best parents in the world. And if I can, I'll share a story. Okay. So I worked with the mother and I worked with the child. Okay. He was actually not a child. He was like 19. And I, like, I'm very good at kind of picking things up. And he's like, no, there was nothing in the house. Like there was nothing, there was nothing going on in the house. There was no emotional abuse. There was no abuse of any kind. There was no trauma. My mom and dad loved me. And um, he started getting addicted with his friends and started getting in trouble. And I kind of find like, is, what, what's really the real cause? And then even working with her, loving parents, loved him. So you couldn't, you couldn't even blame it on the typical things. And um, I was only a practitioner for a couple of years. And uh, I got the phone call that this woman, she calls me and she says, I need you to save my son. And that's a tough thing like that. That hit me to the core. Not only because that was a huge responsibility that I didn't know I could even do, but just to hear how desperate she was to save her son. He was not in a treatment center and he was basically trying to get clean from heroin and sometimes meth. He'd had a little clean time when he was seeing me and we, we worked together for like every single day for two weeks tapping. So we used the modality of the addiction protocol tapping. I think he probably had a couple uh, relapses in that two weeks, but something that happened that that saved him is he was with somebody and they got picked up by the police and he had to go to jail for three months. During that three months, he tapped every single day, got out, 
and is totally clean. Like I've even talked to his mom a couple of years later. He's clean. He's doing great. So there are ways to overcome addictions if you can address things and the person really wants it. And so that's kind of what I want to do is just, you know, get that out that there are protocols and ways to help people seriously overcome whatever addiction they may have if they want to. What are some of those symptoms that may start to show up just so parents can be on the lookout for some of these things? What do they look like? What are some of the physical um, symptoms and some of the behaviorals that show up of trauma? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, or abuse, that kind of thing. Yeah, is you can, you can see the child like being withdrawn, like their personality changes in some way. Uh, they could have anxiety, depression, outbursts of anger, like school, they start to go down in their grades. Uh, they may want to stay more alone mm-hmm. instead of being with their peers. Um, the extreme cases I have seen where if you ever see a child cutting, um, most of the signs that you really want to watch for is if there's, if they're being becoming depressed, angry, and their personality is just changing, or they're acting very strange around a certain person. If you see, you know, like maybe you went to the neighbor or something and all of a sudden your child changes, feeling scared, you can just see the fear in them. So those are little, little things that you can look at. But what I've noticed, if you do have trauma and abuse, you are going to act out, especially kids are going to act out. And anger is a huge one. Actually, you know, an, a, a car accident can be a very big trauma. A loss of a parent, um, divorce. Anything like that. Uh, what's a really big trauma for a child if they have parents that are addicted to something. Thank you. Because I think that some of those things, we lose sight of that being a very traumatic experience for a child because it's just pick yourself up. You're going to be all right. It's a new day. And we may pass over. And then those things, as you had mentioned, will continue to kind of re-traumatize that child and they'll, they'll, it'll show up in different ways. That's why I was kind of emphasizing that a little bit because we all, especially adults, we get caught up in the day-to-day and things are going on and we may miss those moments where it's like, wow, I really need to lean in. Maybe my child needs to, I need to have them talk to someone, um, you know, and, and we may just pass over those moments where we could have really been there, been more present for them. Absolutely. And, you know, just becoming more aware of, of what you can do and want to do, you'll be able to see the opportunities to talk to your child and help build like a trust with them. So they'll want to talk to you and tell you, like, if they, if they go to you and they say, Hey mom, you know, I'm struggling a little bit. I, I may have smoked some marijuana or, you know, I may have had some beers with my friend or whatever it is. You've got a couple choices here. You can reprimand them, you know, and that may be good. Maybe it isn't. I don't know. But somehow in this moment, when that child wants to have confidence in you and trust you to go, go to something like this. Very few teen, teenagers will. This is the opportunity just to be there for them, to trust them. Of course, you don't want them to do it. But if you break that trust and you like yeah. get angry, you, that's done. They're done. They're not coming back to you. I was thinking about, as you were saying that, that's just a, such a small uh, window um, that if you miss it, I mean, it's very easy to just be caught up in what you're trying to do. And as a parent, just trying to get things done, especially if you've got multiple children where you can miss that opportunity and you go tr- and try to recreate it. And it's going to be really tough 
to do. And, And also just thinking about like when you're seeing the anger showing up and all that, like, again, just looking at that as an opportunity to ask some, some questions and really find out what's going on. Because again, like, I just really feel like as a parent, especially as a single mom, I was a single mom, just trying to get by, just trying, you know, and I can look back and that's where some of the pain pops in in for me, looking back and going, wow, you know, trying to identify that moment or whatnot. And that can be re-traumatizing for me as a parent because I'm like, wow, what did I miss? Where should I, you know, I should have been paying, paying more attention, this and that, but we are... As you mentioned, I know that we're doing the best that we can, but, but for those parents now that may have youngsters that they're trying to, to take care of, and if they're seeing that aggressive kind of behavior showing up or whatnot, just to, you know, what do you, what do you suggest, especially teenagers, early teens where they're being defiant and what's normal, what's normal teenage behavior? Right. Some of it's normal and some of it's not. I think the biggest thing is if you see the child's personality change, that's like a big sign, super big sign. Like they, they were, they were one way and now all their behaviors are changing in another way. And I think the biggest thing is if you can build some kind of trust so that they feel like they can tell you. And one thing that I find is very hand in hand with addiction. Okay. Is trauma and abuse, especially abuse. Even seeing a lot of people may not even recognize this. I have seen a lot of clients that have, they come in and they are traumatized by mom and dad's fighting. Never was anything ever done to them. Like they were loved by both parents, but, but it was the parents fighting that, that just traumatized them so badly. Especially you know, the violence in the home. And I mean, that's a little bit more obvious, but. And I think the one thing I would share, and this is also just my perception of things, is I know as a parent, I have beat myself up tremendously over so many different mistakes. And what I've come to find out is working with so many different people from so many different backgrounds is, you know, they come in and they'll say, oh, my parents love me, you know, blah, 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 or my parents didn't love me. And even though the parents, they say the parents love me, they still don't feel loved. Like there's always a missing component, no matter what family it comes from, they always felt like they didn't get their needs met. And sometimes I just wonder if I believe it's impossible for a mother or a father to completely feel, fill a child's, that you know, longing, that longing that they yeah. have. And I have to just take it to a spiritual level. I feel like there's maybe just a part of us that long for something more that only God can give us. Yeah. And we as human beings can't really be God and do that thing for a child, but I'm just going to take it to another level. This is totally me is what I've also, and I've, I've, this is why I've come up with this because of all the people that I have worked with is I honestly feel that our journey here and living with the parents we live with. And if, even if we have all these trials and the traumas and the abuse and all that, it's still part of something that will make our character and make us who we truly are. And we can go out and do great things if we want to, even if we go through a short time of being addicted to something, I think that will make our character strong if we let it. And I have seen so, I can't say a zillion people, but I, the ones I have seen that overcome their addictions go on and do, Oh my gosh, amazing things. They're just amazing, amazing, intelligent, strong people. And they've just been hurt. That's it. 
There's nothing wrong with the way that they have chosen to go and try to comfort themselves and help themselves. And that's all that is, you know, it's not about their character in any way. And I think just for moms to recognize that, well, at least in my, in, in speaking from my journey is that our, our journeys are very similar. And at least what I'm recognizing, my journey has been very parallel to my daughter's, the pain. I just want moms to understand that, that heartache that you can start to look within and there's this healing that starts, that can start to happen. And you can start to let the light in and the joy in, and you can learn to live again. And I know it's really hard for moms to understand this, but I believe that it can be a life, a a life filled with love and joy and all these things. And it doesn't necessarily have to be contingent upon your child's recovery because they are on their own journey. And once we unhook ourselves from that and we start to heal ourselves, this releases them to really start to heal themselves. I mean, there's such this commingling that's going on and it's really hard for me to just really explain that to moms. I don't know if you wouldn't mind speaking to that a little bit before we dive into some of the actionable things. Well, I really feel like what I have, can I, I'll just speak for myself, even though my girls didn't have like addiction things. I mean, I have one girl, she had a little bit of problem with the teenager, Mm -hmm. but what I noticed is when I healed myself, yeah. my daughter's healed. Yeah. They didn't go to therapy. They didn't do the things I was doing. But when I started doing some major healing in the last, I would say, since the last seven years, is they changed. They got stronger. They got better because they saw mom get stronger and mom get better. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we think, oh, you know, maybe we just need to show them how wounded we are and hurt we are and how mm-hmm. sorry we are. And, and we'll just show them how bad we feel. I think that'll make it all better for the child, but it makes it worse because yeah. they think, oh my gosh, then they feel guilty what they're doing to mom and dad. And, and we have to show them that it can be done because life just gets harder, exactly. <laughs> you know, and the, and the stakes are higher. Absolutely. And so they need that strong Mm -hmm. mom. They need that mom to show, you know what? I am going to overcome this and I hope that you will too, but I am going to do it. And even the little things, like we talk about this a lot, but just about self-care and things like that, that we overlook and it definitely does catch up with you. I mean, I've done so much healing internally, but even just this year, just the physical stuff that's been starting to show up for me. I'm like, I feel. I just feel very run down and tired and, you know, physically I'm feeling some things going on where I'm like, okay, I need to just really take a look at my physical health health and my physical well-being because all these things have to really go hand in hand to, they do feel fully. So, so you, I've seen you talk about this and the, the tapping some of these other things that you do. Do you want to share some, some tools and some action items? Yeah. Um, so what we do, what we can do for ourselves is something that's very easy to, to learn. It's called a tapping. And the main modality that I use is, uh, eutaptics. It's formerly known as faster your tea. Um, but I'm trained in whole- that again. What was the formal name? Uh, faster EFT. So probably a lot of people have heard of EFT. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And um, the difference between EFT and faster EFT is EFT, uh, faster EFT uses uh, hypnosis and NLP and some other different modalities mixed together. Mm-hmm. And it's shorter and easier to learn for a person. Even a child can learn it very easy. And you can go to the root of the problem. So what I have, you know, what I want to share with your group is, is that if you have pain inside about whatever has happened, okay, there's going to be certain events that you have recorded in your unconscious mind. So if we can just think about our unconscious mind is just a recorder Mm -hmm. and it's recorded everything in our entire life and will continue until the day we die. Consciously, we're not aware of all that, but unconsciously, we have recorded everything. We've re- recorded our hey, how we see things, how we taste things, smell, feel, hear, all of it in every event. So if we have painful events in our life, we want to go back there to those painful events, to a specific memory, and start changing those. And for the unconscious mind to change how you feel. You have to release the negative emotions you have attached to those events. So that's what we would do with tapping. We use like the unconscious mind and the body. We work together with it and we start releasing these negative emotions. And as we do, your mind will start revealing things to you. You get like these aha moments. It's like, oh yeah, now I understand why I do that. Oh yeah, that's why I do that. (laughs) And then you, and things start to come together for you at a conscious awareness you know, of why you do certain behaviors and why you feel certain things. And and if you really, if you have a lot of anger inside, or if you have a lot of pain and sadness and depression, you can release that and change it. It's just your unconscious mind. It's got a bunch of stuff holding on to, you know, your past, whatever it was. And so if you want to change your future and how you live, you go back and change what your mind's holding. And so that's what happened to me, which is very interesting. I went back and released all this trauma, all this abuse. And what happened is that's what I was tapping and releasing. I had been 20 years of therapy to where I started to remember everything I'd suppressed, Mm -hmm. but I had nowhere to go with the pain. I had nowhere to go with any of it. So when I started tapping, I started releasing the emotions. And what was so weird is I didn't even work on this. And this, the other areas of my life changed. I didn't even work on that. Money, business, husband, children, all my relationships were getting better. I was feeling good. And I didn't go in there and say, oops, I need to work on my depression. I need to work on money. I mean, people do and you can, but that's just not what I did. But everything in my life started to change. Like opportunities have come to me that I never, ever thought I would. And, you know, um, I think I should share just a little bit about my history. So maybe some people can, can understand that you can overcome anything. So I grew up in a family that everyone abused me. Okay. And it was nothing but just pretty much terror and horror all of the time Uh, for, for my whole life, pretty much Mm -hmm. just growing up, even to a young adult. So I had really, really crazy family members. Many people were addicted, which is understandable because there's too much craziness going in the house. <laughs> so my mom did die of alcoholism. My dad was addicted to different things, but, but he was more functional. So you never really knew. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like I said, I had all these family members that did things, but what was going on in the house was, and I'm just giving you a very light version of what was taking place, but it was probably some of the worst things you could probably even 
ever hear or talk about. And yet here I am, which I never thought I could be in a life that I have now. Like I never thought it would ever, ever, ever be possible. Um, and I, there was one point in all that talk therapy, I, I seriously, when people were saying, I don't know how to help you. I really felt like I'm just going to have to live with this for the rest of my life. I'm going to have to deal with it. And I've been addicted to different things over the years, you know, like sugar, food, uh, you know, um, one time, I mean, this is being very open. Uh, I had five surgeries in one year and got addicted to Vicodin. So, I mean, I have that addictive behavior, right? right. I just chose to do different things in my life than my family did. And I was the only one that actually went out and got any help. And that wasn't liked either. Sometimes family members don't like you to get well. So I just want people to know that you can overcome whatever it is. And if there's anyone addicted, you can, you, you can truly, truly overcome your addiction because the addiction is only because you have pain inside of you. If you or a child are addicted in any way, there is a protocol that uh, we use uh, through Utaptics. And that is, it's an addiction protocol that I have seen work with so many people uh, for two year, two times a year, Faster T and U, slash U Tactics would always go to Habilitat, which is a treatment center in Hawaii. And uh, Robert Smith would take about 10 to 12 practitioners from all over the world. And we would work with those residents for about 10 days. And we, we lived with them. We ate with them. We did three sessions or four, possibly sometimes a day. Each person did and worked with the whole community that wanted help. And these people have very, very, very serious addictions. Okay. Very, very serious. And they have had the worst of traumas. The people that we, that I can at least say that we worked with. I mean, they, there was very, very bad things that had happened to these, to these people here. And, um, and what I saw is like, we would do something that we would show them the, a fake drug just to get their, their emotions up to see what was there. And then we would tap it all out until they did not want it anymore. It made them sick to even look at that drug. So what we did now, some people were very easy to change and some people were not, but what we did is we addressed their pain. Why we did, why we use the addiction protocol. And I remember one of the girls, she, she was a tough cookie. She, she was like, this is all BS. This ain't <laughs> happening. This ain't working. This is crazy. You know, and I, I'm sure many of them thought that too, but, um, but it did help them. So they, they changed their mind. But anyway, she, she needed several, several sessions and she was very, very addicted to meth and heroin. And after she had done like several sessions and, and several people had worked with her, she was at the end. She's like, I can't believe this. I cannot believe this is working. I seriously don't want it anymore. You know, she, she's, I always thought I just have to try to control, you know, the craving. Right. What does it look like? What are we going to, are you going to show us? How do do you do it? Okay. So, well, basically we're using tapping, but what we're doing is we're eliciting the uh, questions, certain questions from them to get the answers to find out their root cause, their patterns and beliefs. Okay. And we want to, we want to take that and release, just like I described to you, all the pain. So those memories have changed. Okay. So if you take the reason they're using away, There's no reason to use. Now, then there's also the addiction part of it. 
because if somebody's addicted, let's, I'm just going to make up some. So they're addicted to alcohol. They've been, they go, so they have a ritual. So we have to take the ritual offline. So that means, you know, I wake up in the morning, I go to the store. Okay. We have to tap that out. Okay. I go to the store and I get my favorite, whatever. Okay. We have to tap that out. Come drive the drive home. You have to tap that out go in, then they, they, they want the, whatever it is. So you even release the sounds of opening the bottle, mm, I you see. release the smell, you release the, the, how it feels to hold that in your hand, the taste of it, the going down your throat. I mean, these are things people have said, you know, that we have worked with. I'm just giving you like one example, but see, they have, their mind has connected links to the whole ritual. So that's how they can get very triggered because they could be like in the store and somebody's got their favorite something. And even though they haven't drank in two years, they see that and it's in the store, their their mind goes, Oh, oh yeah. So we have to take that offline so the the mind does not connect anymore to that. Okay. So it's just like when they see it, it's just there's nothing there. They don't connect to it. You even have to take um release their connections to their friends, to their favorite places they went. You know, they all have rituals, whatever they were doing. You know, if it's meth, if it's heroin, like we had to take off the sound of, you know, the crackle, the smell, the, the, the tarry taste, the burning down my throat. The, I mean, so you have to take off every little piece of that because your mind has that recorded and connects like, oh, and this is the bad thing about the mind with addiction. It records the good thing, but it forgets to record the bad thing. Okay. Yeah. It reward. It, it re- oh yeah. I get this reward. Oops. I didn't really, I don't really remember afterwards where I was laying in the gutter for three days and went to jail for five years. Oh no. I, the mind totally blocks that out. It's like, like my daughter used to say that what she had learned in treatment one time was how they would tell, encourage her to play the tape out. Like keep playing the tape until the very end. Exactly. Because, because our mind does this for us. It like, okay, well, that was a reward. That made me feel good. All the pain went away. I didn't have to think about that. I could escape my family. I could escape what happened. And that's what the mind will keep, keep thinking about and bringing to the awareness and then not the other bad stuff. So we try to bring that to their awareness, the, the bad stuff. So the thought of even wanting to do that makes them like no way. So, and some people are very easy to change. Some people are not, you have to work with them and you know, that's okay too. But the goal is the same. It doesn't, it doesn't matter how long it takes you to get there as long as you get there. Very cool. So do you have a few like actionable steps that you could share with people? I mean, I know that's kind of broad. Let's say a few tips that some, some of our listeners could start to implement into their lives if they're struggling and maybe they're dealing with some kind of trauma that's been buried or they're stuck in that, those patterns of replaying those painful patterns with their addicted loved one, like just some takeaways. Yeah. And then I would love for you to share after that, just share with, um, with our listeners where they can find you and how they, if they want to work with you. So basically what we're going to do is you're going to, what we're doing is we're tapping. Okay where our collarbone is right here, mm-hmm. we go under it. Okay. okay. And you can use either side, either both hands at one time. It doesn't matter. 
But what we're going to do is I want you to think, I'll just do it with you right now so they can kind of see. I want you to think of something that bothers you, nothing, nothing bad or anything. Okay. Just, just something that, you know, stressful to you that bothers you. Could be at work, could drive home from, you know, work or, okay. So can you make it like a 10 bother you? So on a scale zero, oh, I could care less. 10, it's, I'm off the charts with, it bothers me. Can you make it a strong 10? And it's something not a big deal. It's like something just that irritates you. To a well, it could be anything that just, just so that we could show them how okay. to bring it down. Okay. But like, you know, I don't want to go into the huge, you know, <laughs> here. okay. Okay. Do you want me to talk about it? Am I thinking uh, you can just tell us like what it just, what it is. Okay. Basically. Um, Oh gosh. Um, I don't know. Like if you've got someone that a behavior that triggers you on some level. So I'm just thinking about someone that, you know, that where they're the way that they interact with me, it's just their personality type might trigger me emotionally. Okay. Can you make that, that feeling like a really strong? Yeah. Okay. And so they, they trigger you just by what they say. Are they kind of, yeah, it's, um, it's where, um, it, it's just something that was on my mind recently where it takes me to a painful, it, it brings out an emotional, like, um, I feel so frustrated in that moment where it makes me want to cry back where I get, like, I can't control, like, I feel that kind of frustration and pain Okay, that comes you out. Know what that is right. No. What is it? No, I mean, you know what that feels like to feel that frustration and oh, pain. Of course. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So that's where I'll have you go right now is just okay. feel that frustration and pain when they do it. We won't go into too much story, but I'm going to show you how you can bring it down. If you rated it zero to 10, how high is that frustration? You know, it feels like where I have to walk away. So it feels like a, at least an eight. Okay, great. Well, we'll keep, we'll, we'll, we'll use that as the marker. Okay. It's okay. an eight. Okay. So now what we're going to tell you, what people are going to do is now you've identified the problem. You're going to just focus inside. You're going to notice what it feels like. So go ahead and close your eyes and just notice what does it feel like to feel that frustration? You want to cry. Notice where it's at in your body. Notice what you hear. Maybe even it's something you might see. Anything you notice about it, just notice. Then what you're going to do is you're going to start tapping. And now I want you to open your eyes for a minute. And I'm just going to show you how you guys will do it at home. Okay. So we're going to start tapping on our forehead. So you can just follow me. Okay. And then we're just going to say, let it go. And you're going to focus on your fingers. Okay. Let it go on the side of the eye. Let it go. Okay. Under the eye, let it go. Okay. Under the collarbone. Let it go. There's kind of a soft spot under there. So just let it go. Okay. I want you to gently grab your wrist. Take a deep breath in, blow it out, and say peace. Okay, and I'm going to tell you why we did that. We are talking to the unconscious mind, and we're telling the unconscious mind, here's the problem, right? You identified your problem, let it go. Let it go, and then have peace about it. Now, every single place that we tap is connected to an organ in our body that stores emotions. It's kind of this meridian highway. It's like a little highway. You know, everybody's familiar with acupuncture, right? Yes. Okay. So we're using the same meridians as they use. 
And the meridians are like little highways when unconscious mind tells the body what to do. And, you know, unconscious mind says, I don't like this. This is really horrible. Okay. And the the mind says, okay, well then I'm going to respond to that and I'm going to feel horrible. And I may even hold that in my heart. Okay. So all these meridians go to every organ, like the heart, our lungs, our, you know, stomach, um, like this meridian goes to the stomach. So everything connects for a purpose. And we're literally just working with the troublemaker. It was the unconscious mind. Because the unconscious mind is telling you to be frustrated. I'm going to cry. And, and <laughs> you're being triggered from something somewhere, you know, from this, this worker. Mm-hmm. And it's because your unconscious mind has some event that this, this person is triggering. Yeah. It's like, well, this happened. And this person is doing the same thing. Well, I don't like it. So, okay. So frustration, anger whatever that was, what would you say it is now? You were an eight. Um, well, when I was tapping, I was so fixated on what I was supposed to be doing. So what will I be thinking about if I was to do it again? Like, just so I was clear, would I be thinking about, would I be connecting to the feeling as I'm tapping? You can connect to, uh, basically you're just going to focus on your fingers once we've identified the problem, because it's kind of like breaking your unconscious mind's thought pattern. Yeah. We identified the problem. Now we're just going to focus on this and get your attention away from it. Oh, okay. Got it. And then then we'll go back and see what, what is left. And so like, if I was to work with you, we're going to do a different rant. We're going to do around what I would do. Okay. Okay. What I showed you is what it's just an easy way you can do because you already know what you feel. But if I'm... If I'm on the outside working with you, I'll show you one round that I would do. I mean, as quickly as that was, I would say probably it brought me down to a five. Okay. So, so think about how you know how to get frustrated. And I want you to find it again. It's how you get frustrated when this person does whatever they do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So notice that. All right. Now I'm going to, you're going to repeat after me out loud and we're going to start the same thing. You're going to focus on your fingers. Okay. Okay. I release and let go. All this frustration. All this frustration. One side of the eye. I let go of the tone of what he's this person's saying. You can open your eyes and follow me now. (laughs) (laughs) This fine. (laughs) So I release and let go of what this person says to me. I release and let go of what this person says. The tone. The tone. Under the eye. The way he's looking or she's looking. What it does to me inside. What it does to me inside. Okay, under the collarbone. I let this go. All the meaning of it. I let it go. Gently grab your wrist. Take a deep breath in. Peace. Okay, so tell me what you're noticing. Um, kind of a, a warm kind of sensation. Kind of a clearing up through my heart and my stomach. Okay, yeah. great. And would you say what, what's the, what is it now? Like zero to 10, you know, probably down to like a three or four. Okay, good. So what is it that's bring, that comes to your mind right now about it? About the feeling about what they do to you. Oh, you know, um, it, it definitely feels, um, it's that powerlessness and that feeling like I'm unable to, I think it's just that fear and that inability to save face and take care of me in that moment. Like, how do I take care of myself in that moment? Okay. And when you're on display and you're feeling triggered and you're feeling your emotions kind of pop up and 
And it's not even, you know, I care about this other person. It's not just this person I've got. It's a personality type that I've been starting to recognize that triggers me. Okay. And so how, how to be more aware of it in the moment. And, and I'll show you a trick about that. Cool. All right. So let's tap. Okay. Okay. I release and let go of this personality type. I release and let go of this personality type. On the side of the eye. The way I see this person. The way that I see this person. Feeling so vulnerable. Feeling so vulnerable. Under the eye. On display. On display. I let it go. I let it go. The way it makes me feel. The way it makes me feel. I don't have to hear the story any longer. I don't have to hear the story any longer. I'll just let it go. I just let it go. Gently grab your wrist. Take a deep breath in. What do you that notice? felt good. That felt really good. And that's what happens with tapping. The more you tap, like the layer, the layer goes down, then it finally starts to release out of your body. So we'll get it down to a zero. So what's left, you know, probably about a two. Um, yeah, again, it's just, um, because I don't know that I notice when it's popping up, when it's starting to escalate and then all of a sudden, I'm feeling this flood of kind of frustration and emotion in that moment. <laughs> All right. So, so we'll go ahead and tap. Okay. Right. <laughs> All right. It's in that moment. You go ahead and say it. It's in that moment. It's in the moment that I feel that frustration pulling coming up. It's in the moment that I feel that frustration pulling up under the eye that I can't do anything about it, that I can't do anything about it. I just want to go cry. You just want to go cry. I let go of listening to the story this way. I let go of listening to the story this way. I don't have to see it this way. I don't have to see it this way. I just let it go. Just let it go. Peace. That feels good. Okay. Where are you at now? I think I'm probably close to a zero. Okay, good. So we'll do one more round to get it to okay, a zero. Cool. And then I'll explain. Okay, cool. Okay. All right. So <laughs> what do you notice is still bothering you? Um, yeah, I know what it is. It, well, feeling like it's attention seeking or that I am trying to um, control that other person or it's confusion around all that. When it's just trying to take care of me in that moment and that being triggered. Yeah. And how that, how that, I, I want to appear strong and confident in those moments and not okay. vulnerable. And there's something that we do in the session that would create what you want. I'm just showing you around, yeah. but there's actually like, if, if we do a session, we actually intertwine in your mind, uh, what you want. So your mind can learn. This is not what I want. This is what I want to start creating what you want. Yeah. Right? All right. So let's tap. Okay. I let go of those moments. I let go of those moments. And I just, I'm on the side of the eye. I just replace them with feeling confident. I just replace them with feeling confident. I see myself strong. I see myself strong. And it feels good to be confident. And it feels good to be confident. Strong. Strong. I'm telling a brand new story about myself at work. I'm telling myself a brand new story about me at work. Don't mess with me. Don't mess with me. (laughs) (laughs) What was the last one? I let the rest go. 
I let the rest go. So that's what tapping does. Okay. So maybe you could explain to your audience, like what that felt to you. Oh, it felt, um, and especially if, if this is via a podcast and you can't see what we're doing, um, uh, it felt really empowering to reframe my story like that and to recognize that it had nothing to do with who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. And it's just, again, it's tools to, to walk me through things like that, where I can still be strong and be myself you know, and, um, trust myself Yep, that I don't have to walk away or be small or be triggered emotionally that I can still stand within my own space. Very good. Yeah. And that's what tapping does. It just, it takes away the old perception and, and allows a new one to come in. Thank the one you. that you want that makes you feel good. Very cool. Yeah. So that's tapping. And, um, I will give you a link. That's just a tapping instruction video. Okay. I'll share it to them if you want. And, um, so basically you can find me at, um, laurajworley.com okay. is that. And, and I do have a YouTube channel. It's just Laura Worley. And, uh, I will be also hosting the worldwide transformation. Yeah. Tell us more about that. That's been three years now that you've been doing that. This This will be the third year. Um, It's called Triumph Over um, Trauma Addiction. No, wait, let me get it in order. Triumph (laughs) Over Trauma, Abuse, Stress, and Addiction. Wow, that's huge. Yeah, so I thought we would focus on that this year. We always pick a theme, you know, kind of where we want the direction to kind of go. And that's going to be kind of the direction with with different speakers who have different ways of, you know, helping people heal. Um, but I thought since there's been so much tragedy in the world lately and just so much trauma and, you know, just overall, there's just so much abuse and that kind of thing, which always seems to lead to addiction and they just all seem to go hand in hand. So yeah. that's a good subject. That's beautiful. And when is it and where is it? Or is that information? Oh, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it's free. It's a free registration. So you, it's going to be July 13th and they can go to the website, WWT summit, which just stands for worldwide transformational summit. And, uh, I don't know why I picked such a long name. It's really a hassle to write that out. Um, but anyway, it's, and so they can register for free anytime they want. So thank you so much. Is it a full day? Okay. It's going to be, you know, we've had it 10 days in the past. I may not do that this time. I may only do seven days. And so what we do is we have two speakers each day and they can, they have 24 hours to listen to it, to those two speakers. So, so it's all online? It is all online. Oh, so, wow, Laura. That's great. Yeah. So anywhere in the world, you can hear it. And uh, that's what we do. So we can bring information to people. Thank you so much for being here and just sharing all of your gifts. And I hope we stay connected. I'm sure we will. I will definitely stay connected with you. I just appreciate this time. Thank you so Uh, much, Laura. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if people have questions for you, um, that I'll definitely share those with you. And if, if the opportunity presents itself again, maybe you'll come back and we'll, we'll continue the conversation. Okay. Sounds great. Thank you, Laura.
Okay, everyone. Thank you so, so much for tuning in and for helping me to connect with other moms of addicts or loved ones who are struggling with addiction in their lives. If you have questions for me, comments, suggestions on future show content, or perhaps there's a topic, a specific topic that you would like to hear from an expert in the field, I would love to hear from you. I am also interested in sharing your voice. So if you have messages of hope or personal stories that you think would resonate with our listeners, please send me an email. You can type me out a message or you can include an attachment um, to an audio clip with your voice. You can send that to Shar at beyondhoperadio.com. And with that, thank you again. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to Beyond Hope. For show notes and more, head on over to beyondhoperadio.com. A huge thank you to recoveryinnovators.com and James Healy. Thank you so much for putting up with me (laughs) and for helping me to um, produce and launch the show. I couldn't have done it without you. You You're so awesome. And to anybody else who has been considering uh, working with James, highly recommend him. Please go over to his website and check it out, recoveryinnovators.com.